So many terms, so many new names to constantly be learning. Spike Vax, for example, or all the rest of the new names of the new vaccines that came out yesterday. That's all kind of madness. And then you have AUKUS. AUKUS. What, what, what is that? Well, apparently the Canadian government was surprised this week by the announcement of a new security pact between the United States, Britain, and Australia, dubbed AUKUS. The Globe and Mail reports that one Canadian official, talking to the Globe, referred to the pact as the new, quote, three eyes, and said it's clear that Canada's closest allies consider Ottawa to be a weak sister when it comes to standing up to China, the Globe not naming that Canadian official. Now, Three Eyes is a reference to what is becoming a smaller club within Five Eyes. Uh, Five Eyes, as you know, is United States, United Kingdom, Australia, Canada, and New Zealand. Now, asked about it on the campaign trail, this is Justin Trudeau today saying, this is not about Canada being excluded, it's just we're not shopping for subs. Canada uh, wasn't in the market for nuclear submarines, uh, and therefore uh, this particular deal didn't involve us. Stephanie Carvin is former national security analyst and associate professor at Carleton and joins me on the line. Hi, Stephanie. Hey, good afternoon. Can you give me a sense of where the truth lies between those two um, positions? <laughs> um, so it's it's interesting. Like, I think there's, there's like, okay-ish news and bad news here, right? And so it's important to distinguish between the two. I mean, Canada, I mean, we don't really have, I'm going to start off by saying a foreign policy, uh, and we don't have a Pacific policy, right? Like, so if you think about the way Canada engages in the Pacific, it's almost certainly been entirely um, uh, diplomatic, really, since uh, the Korean War ceasefire back in 1953. Like, we haven't joined any Pacific military alliances this announcement is really a nuclear sub deal um, that is wrapped up in some language about strategic partnerships and things like this. So, um, you know, should we be upset that Canada is not part of a nuclear sub deal? Mm, I, I'm not losing sleep over it. It's uh, there. There's like, I mean, there's a number of concerns here, like with regards to, you know, would this would we want to be, you know, what are our capacities in this region? What could really add to it? Do we want to spend, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars on, on nuclear subs? All these kinds of, of interesting questions we can talk about, but I'm not worried about that so much. What I am more worried about is that this seems to be more of a continuation of a trend, right? Uh, I went to Washington in 2019 with my friend and colleague, Tomas you know, and we're working on a project about uh, Canadian intelligence. And we interviewed 16 individuals who are both American and Canadian about the, you know, how Canada engages with its allies. And what we found is that we're just not good at it, right? There really is a three eyes and there has been for some time. So this announcement this week isn't, isn't new. It's more of a continuation of a trend whereby uh, Australia has put a lot of efforts into its strategic partnerships with the UK and the US and is now kind of reaping the dividends of that as it feels, you know, the need to kind of bump up security posture in, in the region. Canada, frankly, is just not engaging where I think it could. I don't think engagement requires us to buy submarines, but, you know, it's like we're not even really talking at the table where conversations are happening. Aaron O'Toole this week uh, reacted to this announcement by saying, quote, this is another example that Mr. Trudeau is not taken seriously by our friends and allies around the world. Obviously, we're in the middle of a election campaign, so firing shots back and forth is just part 
of the process, but there is there truth there? So my so having interviewed our ally, like you know, like like some of our our you know the diplomatic representatives here in Ottawa and speaking to our American friends in Washington, I get the impression that they want Canada to do more. So it's not that they're not taking Canada seriously. They're frustrated that we're not doing things. They think we can do things. They want us to do things, right? They want us to be a part of various international coalitions. They want us to be uh, more of a partner when it comes to international problems. They think that we have good solutions, but the problem is we're just not there. So I don't know if it's a matter of other leaders not taking us seriously. Although after a while, if you don't do do you know if you're just giving rhetoric and you're not saying things seriously people you know people will not take you seriously but i don't think it's that i think it's more the fact that you know we've just failed to act and our allies are actually quite ambitious for us and want us to be who they think we can be but we're just not there how is this uh, sub deal being perceived within china um badly but i mean they you know i mean of course, like, of course, it's badly. But I think also they, they, you know, they get mad about everything. I mean, <laughs> put it any other way. Um, like, you know, I mean, this is the problem when you get mad about everything. When something big happens and you express anger, not a lot happens. So we, we saw them. I mean, they've now formally applied to join the TPP. I don't really see that happening. Um, it, it could. Who knows? We live in, in odd times. But I mean, the TPP was a Trans-Pacific Partnership, which was, I, again, well, you know, we talked about this, you know, AUKUS being kind of a, a nuclear subdeal in the guise of a defense partnership. But this is TPP was a defense partnership in disguise as a trade deal. Um, and so that's why I don't really think that that China's going to stand much of a chance of joining it. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, they're unhappy, but I mean, a lot of this kind of comes from their own aggression in the region, from the way that they have specifically targeted Australia, because Australia has asked for more transparency with regards to COVID-19 um, and is starting to take foreign influence pretty seriously. So yeah, I mean, obviously China's upset about it, but I, I mean, I, it's more interesting to me just how upset Europe is actually well, right europe you, is the yeah why is that, europe, why is that? well I, australia actually had a sub deal with france right, right. they had a diesel electric subs <laughs> and um they've now they're no longer have that deal and apparently this is completely blindsided the french they had no idea this was happening and i think the french have always kind of been not particularly thrilled at the prospect of what might be called an anglosphere whereby like kind of anglo nations the five eyes you know kind of work to their own defense alliances like they they want to be at that table um and so i think like there's nothing here that they particularly like and i think finally also is like you know this announcement came, I believe, on the same day the EU announced its Indo-Pacific strategy as well. So, you know, which a lot of which involved Australia. And so now that kind of threw that plan out of the water a little bit on the very day that it was launched. So I think that, um, you know, Australia, it's my understanding that this AUKUS deal came out of the desire for Australia to have you know, this, this arrangement that this, you know, this is something that they approached the uh, UK and US with, and that it was all very close hold. But um, yeah, there's a number of countries that seem to have been taken off guard by this. So I don't think it's just Canada. And I think that um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks with regards to Australia's relationships with Europe, with China. And of course, um, you know, if, 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 
we see, you know, some kind of uh, changes in the region as a result. And, you know, France was so mad, it actually canceled a party. It, there was a gala that it was hosting in Washington. So we, you know, someone's missed out on some good hors d'oeuvres. So <laughs> we have to worry about that. Um, does this, does this frighten you that, well, maybe frightens not the right word. Does this concern you that this is a hardening of what some perceive as an already cold war underway between China and the West? Yeah, I, I never like the Cold War analogy because I always feel like the Cold War was a very specific instance in time involving two superpowers and ideological rivals. And I don't think that's what this is. Now, that being said, I think this is is it's not great. Right. The situation. It's not good when you have um, what's called. And I don't mean this in a pejorative sense, but more of a technical sense, a revisionist power. Right. A power, you know, a, a, a power, you know, a growing power that's seeking to increase its presence in in the Pacific and to kind of make its way on the global stage to assume what it sees as its rightful position. And, um, you know, a, a kind of quasi I don't, I don't know, declining superpower, but in some ways, a, you know, a superpower that's kind of going through an identity crisis right now as it leaves Afghanistan, but is trying to pivot towards the Pacific. It's it's it is dangerous times and, and things can be interpreted in in scary ways. And I yeah, I do think but this and this is why, you know, when when people are upset that we're not part of this nuclear sub deal, I'm like, hold on, like there is actually a lot at stake here. And I do think it's worth a conversation about, you know, what are Canada's interests in the Pacific? What what is it that we want to achieve, and how do we want to actually achieve those goals? We haven't really seen the political parties talk about that in this election, and I think it's more urgent than ever that Canada actually develops a foreign policy, specifically a policy towards China, to address some of these concerns. Dr. Carvin, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on. It is Stephanie Carvin, who's a former national security analyst and associate professor at Carleton.